News is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Xi Jinping is the man leading the largest nation by population on earth. We're talking about China. In this episode, we take a look at who Xi Jinping is and how he came to be the leader of the Chinese Communist Party, as well as his broad agenda and how he's using his increasing power. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Let's start, Claire, with the usual old biographical facts. How old is Xi Jinping? Where was he born and who are his parents? Xi Jinping was born in Beijing in 1953. That makes him 66 years old. He is the second son of Xi Zhongshan, who was a revolutionary and he was considered to be one of the Chinese Communist Party founding fathers. And who his father was is important in setting the scene for how Xi Jinping eventually came to politics. That's right. What led to the founding of the People's Republic of China in 1949 was a civil war that started back in 1927. Xi's father fought alongside Mao Zedong in that war and then went on to hold a number of high-profile roles in the party, including propaganda chief, he was vice premier, and he was vice chairperson of the National People's Congress. But it wasn't all smooth sailing and he was in and out of favour. In fact, he was banished in the 1960s after being accused of supporting a book that was seen as critical of Chairman Mao and was demoted and sent off to manage a factory and eventually was thrown in prison. This kind of thing wasn't unusual at that time. And I guess before we move on to what happened to a young Xi Jinping after his father was put in prison, you better give us your best recap on Chairman Mao and the rise of the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> in two sentences. Just a small, yeah, two sentences, <laughs> you got this. Well, look, after taking power in 1949, there were stages of embedding communist rule across China. The first 10 years or so was to reform the economy and their social structures as well well as the start of persecuting dissenters. Then was the Great Leap Forward, which looked to organise communities, particularly in rural areas, into collectives. And then more crushing of dissent was a famine that saw up to 45 million Chinese die. And following that was the Cultural Revolution, which started in the mid-60s, and that was to bed down socialism and Maoist thought, which was the political directive of the leader of the time. So, Chairman Mao. Yeah, that's right. So there was another push also to rid society of the old ways of thinking and to purge China further of dissenters, and it's said that up to 20 million people died in that period. That period of Chinese history didn't end really until Mao died in 1976. And so, as we said, Xi Jinping was born in 1953, so he lived through the rule of Chairman Mao and everything you've just said, and was like all Chinese affected by it, starting in 1966 when he was forced to finish school at age 13 and eventually was exiled to the countryside as part of Mao's re-education initiatives. His family name wasn't well regarded at that point, so it was a really tough time for the Xi family. Xi Jinping got his first taste of politics working as a provincial party secretary, all the while he was living in a cave, according to the official story. But after inverted commas come out at this point, (laughs) official story, more (laughs) on that in a second. But after a few months of rural life, Xi attempted to get back to Beijing. He was caught and punished by being ordered to undertake manual labour. 
As I said, you say official story because later Xi Jinping talked quite openly of his backstory as a way to validate his political aspirations. Now, these hardship experiences didn't turn him off the Communist Party. In fact, it made him more determined to join Claire, though he was rebuffed a number of times due to his father's history. Yeah, he was rejected seven times until he was finally accepted in 1974. Back in Beijing, with his commitment to the party well and truly proven, he studied chemical engineering at the prestigious Tsinghua University. So this is a summary of Xi Jinping's life up until his political career really took off. Let's get into that now. In order to get an understanding of how Xi Jinping rose to become the leader, let's get across how the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, works. No small task, sort of like getting across to how Chairman Mao ruled China. (laughs) So to break it out, let's start with a brief description of China under the CCP. Yeah, another brief couple of sentences to encapsulate something pretty huge. (laughs) As a one-party state, the CCP is the sole governing party of China. There's only eight other smaller parties. They're called a united front, although they have very limited power and they're obligated to support the CCP. And what does it stand for? So we could go down a whole rabbit hole about the struggle for country and party Mm. to unpick the brand of communist China, but it's Mao thought, which was the original guiding light for the CCP. It took heavily from Marxism and Leninism, which essentially rejects capitalism and embraces socialist values. Things have changed a lot since then with modern communist China accused of having no ideology because they're a big part of the global economy and its capitalist system. So they've got their finger in both the socialist and the capitalist pie. What about Xi Jinping specifically? As he rose up the ranks in the 80s and 90s, what was he known for? Mao had been dead for more than a decade by the time Xi received the attention of China's top officials and also of the national media. He became known as someone who took a hardline stance against corrupt officials. He was also known for supporting local private enterprises and oversaw strong economic growth in those roles. And it was in 2013, after many, many years of chipping away within the party, that Xi Jinping became President of the People's Republic of China. Important to mention, Claire, that the lack of transparency around political appointments in China means that it's very difficult to know how or why it was he who was given the big job or big jobs in his case. Yeah, so Xi's not only the President of the People's Republic of China, he's also the General Secretary of the Communist Party and Chairman of the Central Military Commission, and it really is a changing of the guard. Xi was the nation's first leader to be born after the establishment of really communist China, Mm. and it means that he's from a different generation who grew up within that communist system. And just to go back to the workings of the CCP and how it's led, officially, with my inverted commas again, the party works according to the principles of collective leadership in which decisions will be made through consensus. So that was established in the CCP after Chairman Mao's death in order to prevent the rise of another Mao-like personality cult. But although members of the Politburo Standing Committee theoretically have equal standing, as each member has one vote, in practice each of these members are ranked hierarchically with the paramount leader at the top. Xi Jinping himself. More on that in a bit. He's now, as we said, the leader of the Communist Party, the leader of the military, the leader of the state of China. He's a pretty powerful guy. Let's have a look now at what he does with all this power. 
Let's start here with one of the political changes Xi Jinping has made. That is abolishing 10-year terms for presidents. That's seen many call him a dictator. It was a power grab that the party was determined to avoid after Mao, but that he was able to execute. He's made himself leader for life, basically. And that's up there with his control of the bureaucracy, the military, the economy and the party's philosophy. And on philosophy, Xi Jinping has written a manifesto of sorts. It's been rolled out into schools in China, workplaces, it's on billboards. It's called Xi Jinping Thought. Xi's political belief system is basically now the party's constitution and has been since 2017. He says it's the framework around modern Chinese socialism and in the most modern way it's been turned into a smartphone app that the Chinese are expected to use on a daily basis if they're to be considered good citizens. So actions such as this increased surveillance along with censorship, accusations of human rights abuses, draws many comparisons to Chairman Mao and they're concerning for those, Claire, who lived through his reign in China and also for the rest of the world. Like Mao before him, Xi completely dominates China's government and with government central to Chinese people's everyday lives, he's ever present to them too. China has greatly changed in the last 40 years. There was a poverty rate of 88% in 1981 and it was less than 2% in 2018. So lots of economic changes. But there continues to be criticism for human rights abuses, censorship and a nationalist agenda that Xi is driving in many parts of the world. Which brings us to the way he tackles international relations and another big world power, of course, the US. Xi and US President Donald Trump have been going toe-to-toe on a number of things like trade and regional security. They've also found themselves on opposing sides of the North Korean issue with Xi and China, supporters of Kim Jong-un's regime, where the US is supporting South Korea and their bid to rid the peninsula of nuclear weapons. Some commentators say Trump and Xi are like new Cold War warriors. And that's your shortcut to Xi Jinping. Before we get to our recommendations, this shortcut may have raised a number of questions about China with you. So if you haven't already, you may want to go back and have a listen to our shortcut on the South China Sea, a big one of international politics. On the human rights angle, we've got a shortcut on the Uyghurs, which is a persecuted Muslim minority in China. And last year, one on the US-China trade war, all worth a listen. Claire, my recommendation this week is a long read from 2015 in The New Yorker about Xi Jinping's rise. As I said, long, but a real deep dive into the man. Yeah, there's a lot to unpick, that's for sure. Uh, And look, when you're a leader as dominant as Xi, you can shut down the media that you don't like. And Mm. a seemingly harmless cartoon of Winnie the Pooh is now banned in China after he was compared to the character on social media. So I've got an article to unpack that a bit. So they're comparing Xi Jinping himself to Winnie the Pooh. thought that would be a compliment. Yeah, and there's this <laughs> funny cartoon of him with Barack Obama and Obama as Tigger oh, right. and Winnie the Pooh walking along and it's exactly like a photo of those two. That is worth checking out. All those links in your episode notes as always. Thank you so much for listening into this episode of Squiz Shortcuts. These shortcuts and many more are also available in written format on our website, thesquiz.com.au. If you have a suggestion for a Squiz Shortcuts, shortcut let us know at hello at the squeeze.com.au that's all from us we'll talk to you next week